1: Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all basketball. I am Taylor Paul. I am joined by the boys, Deion Franklin, BJ Johnson, Say hey, what's up to the people? What's that? In- oh. shameless plug, follow us on social media at The Dagger Podcast to interact with us and keep up to date with everything we got going on. Today, we are smack dab in the middle of the playoffs. Absolutely fire so far. No sweeps. Every series has been at least minimally competitive. So it's been really good so far. Today we're breaking down all of these playoff series. We're going one by one. Strap in. It's going to be a journey. We'll get there though. Don't you worry. That's what we got going on today. But first, you guys already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week. Good Hustle Award. BJ, take it away with your Hooper of the Week.
2: Hooper of the Week for me has to be my guy, Jalen Brunson from the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, sir! Straight balling. Boy, is a problem. For real. Uh, Villanova guy. So I'm used to seeing him do what he do against Marquette back in the day in the Big East. But uh, everybody thought that the Jazz was just going to walk through this series without Luca. But Jalen Brunson was like, hold up. I'm trying to get paid. I can <laughs> confidently say, Jalen Brunson made a few million dollars in these playoffs already. He's gonna get paid. Dropping forty-one in Game Two, followed up with thirty-one in Game Three. Had the Mavs rolling. Um, and you, what can you say about him? Dude's just a—he's he, he's like a vet. He's a true vet. Like you can't speed him up. And he making Donovan Mitchell look silly. Like everybody who tries to guard him, he just flips him around and gets to the bucket you know, driving kick. So Jalen Brunson, good Hooper.
3: Absolutely. The happiest
1: man in America has to be Jalen Brunson's agent.
2: Oh. Autumn <laughs> <Bottom> Autumn <laughs> offers, yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs>
3: oh. I, I am very scared about this summer because he's going to be a free agent. <laughs> I am very scared.
1: That's true. Maybe it's subtly bad news for Mattis fans. Mm-hmm. So, affordable <laughs> may now be-
3: I, Mark Cuban, pay them out of your pocket, whatever it takes, bro. <laughs> so I know you got the money. Af- I know it you got the money. What's
1: affordable may now be not affordable. <laughs> Shit.
3: I mean, I knew I thought I thought we were gonna win one out of the three games Luca didn't play, but to win two out of this world. I was uh, and one in Utah too, I was ecstatic.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that series in a
0: minute. But yeah. I'm
1: This Nothing has gone as planned so far.
0: Nothing
1: (laughs) has gone as planned so far. Mm -hmm. Dion, hit me with your Hooper of the Week.
3: All right. My Hooper of the Week is the guy that won Most Improved Player today, and that is Ja Morant. My guy, I mean, we all know what he's done throughout the season. His stats are all up. Eight more points, uh, one more assist, one more rebound, two more rebounds. Uh shooting five more percent from the field. I mean, I don't I don't see how anybody else could have gotten it. I mean, there were some candidates, there were there were some strong cases, but John Moran took the biggest leap. He went from star to like superstar, in my opinion. And you know, Draymond Green said today, how is Jordan Poole not the most improved? Bro? like do they have to change the parameters? No, they don't. John Moran took the biggest leap, and he's been the most consistent throughout the year. So He's gotta be my hooper of the week.
1: Yeah. No question. Simple as that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I need to step up just a little bit in this playoff series, but definitely yeah, deserving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, but... fore- foreshadowing again. We'll talk about <laughs> <Yeah. the
3: series. laughs> I mean, it's, it's regular is a regular season trophy award, so
1: <sighs> definitely deserving. Mm-hmm. One of the absolute best watches in the in, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You can tune into John ja Morant, and that's just good television. Absolutely. I got two Hoopers of the week. My first, shout out to the Marquette alum, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy (laughs) Butler has been an issue for the Atlanta Hawks, to say the least. The other night dropping 45 and I think 5-5 and on the Hawks. They have had no answers for him. Um, Leaving DeAndre Hunter on him has not worked. Might might need to try something else. I mean, he's hitting jumpers. I mean, Jimmy Butler is on fire.
3: Yeah, he's been a when, problem.
1: When Jimmy Butler scores, I feel like the sky is the limit for the Heat. Mm-hmm. When Jimmy Butler scores, they're a whole different team. Yeah. So he, he's been a huge issue in that series. So, Jimmy Butler, Hooper of the Week. Yeah. And I have a second good Hooper. So, I came across this story, and I thought this was awesome. So, the head coach for the Tennessee Volunteers Baseball Team College uh, pretty good baseball team, I think. I don't know. I don't really follow college baseball because, you know, I have a life. But he got into it with the umpires the other night and he was ejected because he chest bumped one of the umpires, I think on accident, maybe kind of on purpose, hard to tell. But he was ejected, handed down a four-game suspension. So what has he done since being suspended? Coach Vitello has been wandering campus giving out chest bumps to the entire student body for $2 to raise money for the Wounded Warrior Project. That's how he spent his entire <laughs>
2: suspended oh my
1: God. That's kind of funny. And he, the, my man has a history of this. The last time he was suspended, like four or five years ago, he was suspended for one game, and he sat outside the stadium with a lemonade stand. <laughs> so, <laughs> Coach Vitello. What? 10 out of 10 for creativity. I yeah. love this. 10 for out of 10 too 10 okay. for the yeah. chest bump. You just giving chest bumps to everybody. My man has to be sore as hell. How many chest bumps he's given out? Like these are not like halfway. These are off of the feet, full, full one foot off the ground. So Coach Vitello, that is elite. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep doing yeah. you.
2: That
3: is elite Hooper of the Week material. <laughs>
1: Cause do it for the troops, man. Love to see it. <laughs> All right, let's get negative, shall we? My first good hooper, I mean, it's low-hanging fruit. It's too obvious, but, I mean, I, I can't let it pass. I just can't. Ben Simmons, for about two weeks, has been seen working out, dunking, making sure the photographers get footage of him. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Back feels good, baby. I'm ready. Game four. But then Ben Simmons saw the Celtics in games one through three and decided he didn't want the smoke. Suddenly there's a setback. Game four? No, nope, Don't think I can make it. Looking, looking tough. Ben Simmons. Come on, man. This is, this is getting comical at this point. Will you mm-hmm. even have a career? Do you even know how to play basketball still? We don't know. I mean, you can blame it on the back. I saw my man Duncan a week ago. Back looked pretty good. Made sure he got it on film. This, Assuming the back is healthy, which I think it is, this is an all-time bitch move, man. Come on. That is so weak. Your team needs you. They're down 3-0. And you, you don't care. <laughs> That's not his team. Net. He just got there.
3: Play
2: He's just trying to
1: a single basketball get paid. game.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. And to it, say
1: the Nets miss him is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum is picking this team apart. The Nets come over to help. He passes out for a wide-open shot. They leave him one-on-one. He gets buckets. Guess who's supposed to be preventing that? Oh, that's right. Ben Simmons. He's their one-on-one defender. Glued to the bench. Like... Ben Simmons. Good hustle out there. That is tragic. Yeah. Um, we're just getting started. I have two more good hustle awards. <laughs> all of, I'm heating all kinds up. kinds of hustle this week. Yeah, I'm heating up, baby. We're just getting started. Um, This good hustle award... The second Good Hustle Award goes to the worst fans in the entire world. I shouldn't say world. Maybe there are soccer fans somewhere who are worse. I kind of doubt it.
3: Are you talking um, about the Celtics fan?
1: No. Far worse. Far There's worse. nothing worse. I mean, you're just wrong. Okay. <laughs> and I'll in a second. So the worst fan base in all of North American sports is the New York Yankees. The New York, New York Yankees fans the other night playing against the Cleveland, now guardians, formerly Indians, and they're down by one run bottom of the ninth guy for the Yankees laces a double and a guardians player goes crashing into the wall, trying to catch it. Yankees tie the game and the player for Cleveland is injured. And what do the fans in right field do? They start yelling at him, calling him a pussy screaming at him that he's weak and soft while he's literally injured in the field. And so some of the other Cleveland players took exception to that. And so Cle- and New York Yankees fans started throwing trash at them. What literally dozens of Yankees fans throwing trash and beer at opposing players after their team won. This is pathetic. It got so Mm. bad that two Yankees players, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, had to go out into right field from the dugout and tell them to stop. And that's the only way it stopped. Yankees fans are pathetic. Yeah. So bad. Literally cheering when a guy gets injured and calling him a pussy and then throwing trash at players. This is the most disgusting fan base in all of sports. Terrible. Only stopping when your own players have to go out there and ask you to stop. What an absolute embarrassment.
3: Yeah. And we we thought the KD injury in Toronto was bad. Shit. Yeah. This <laughs> is ten times worse.
1: No words, man. Mm-hmm. I admit Celtics fans are pretty bad, but Yankees fans are the worst fan base in sports. And I don't think it's particularly close. All right. Um I have one more good hustle award. And I <laughs> save the best for last. So I don't know if you guys saw this story, but this is one of the wildest stories I've ever seen. Okay. So it's so wild that it's made junior college baseball relevant. So junior college, Bethany college was playing uh, junior college in Kansas was playing another school called Kansas Wesleyan. And they're playing a baseball game. And the players for Kansas Wesleyan started to not feel so good. But that's okay. They played the game. Only to find out later that someone from Bethany College put paint thinner in their water. And that's what they were drinking during the game. Bethany College literally tried to poison an opponent.
0: What the the fuck? They're sick.
1: And that's not even the, the worst part. The worst part is Wesley in college was literally poisoned and still beat Bethany by 31 <laughs> runs. They won the game 33 to two. Oh my God. This is all time. Good hustle. You have literally poisoned your opponents and still get absolutely thrashed by 30 in the baseball. What the fuck? <laughs> Tough. That is an ass whooping to end all ass whoopings yes what i'm not any type of authority but i'm pretty sure you have to retire after that i don't make this yeah but you're done just cancel the whole
3: program and just move on bro yeah. <laughs> it's all over put your imagine, money somewhere else
1: imagine <laughs> trying to poison your opponents and still getting smacked that badly <laughs> Dang it. So, that's crazy Beth, bethany college <laughs> good hustle out there yeah to say your tactic backfired is a bit of an understatement
3: you got to save that one because that's going to go in the all-time
1: all-time good hustle All time good hustle, yeah. time good hustle there's man.
3: been a lot of all-time good hustles this year
1: <laughs>
3: season two all baby right.
1: all right i'm done i've hogged enough of your time dion who's hustling
3: i'll be quick with mine uh my good hustle award recipient this week will be none other than chris paul my man is getting absolutely flustered by jose alvarado so much so that he's just losing complete focus and all his calm my man is a like a 15 16 year vet getting just made made fun of by this guy jose alvarado that cp3 needs to like just let it go He just needs to let it go and play the game because these last two games, it was just ridiculous. Like he just waits for him and everything. I get wait for him, but like don't let him get under your skin. It is so obvious. Obvious. This last game was won by Jose Alvarado, in my opinion. And it's not, it's not, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. So Chris Paul, good hustle for me.
1: Well deserved. Well deserved. A man needs to play better. Yeah. There's no yeah. way around it.
3: Absolutely.
2: He needs to
1: lead better. He needs to it's like better. he has a good
2: game every other game. Then the game
1: after the game, he's like tired. Yep. He's like, <laughs> he's no.
3: like I'm, I'm too old for this shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the lit- living embodiment of Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BJ, take us home. Who's hustling?
2: You know, this guy had a good game since this Good Hustle Award was bestowed upon him, but I don't really care. I'm petty. I'm like that. So I, don't, I didn't see the good game, quote unquote. But my guy, Big Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> bring that ass to front and center, sir. What I Get saw him. from Carl Anthony Towns in Gang 3 was. It was despicable. What I saw from the Wolves as a whole, that was bad for the game of basketball. They had two separate 26-point leads. And these, not what do you call these, Cubs? What's a baby wolf? They didn't even score 100. <laughs> How are you? What is going on? You blow a lead of 26 points twice to the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies didn't even want the game either. But they said, like, man, if you're going to give me the game, I guess we'll take it. And the coach from Minnesota was like, no, for real, bro. y'all deserve this. Have this game. My guy, Carl three Towns, in two playoff games, well, play-in technically, has had more fouls than points, more fouls than shot attempts. Shit. He has looked flustered. And after the game, my man at the podium says, you know what, man, I'm going to drink me some wine and go home and just think about the next game. I, I about threw my remote at the TV. I want to hear my <laughs> number one pick saying that. I don't want to hear my number one pick talking about, I'm going to go have some wine, man, just let it go. <laughs> let it get your ass on the, to the gym? What are you talking about? What are you talking about you're going to have some wine after this game? It's <laughs> clear to me that he is who he is at this point. Because three years, you know, when Jimmy was there and they got to the playoffs and they got smacked by the Rockets, my god, Carthy Towns, you know, less than 10 points in back-to-back playoff games again. So he is showing us who he is. And he's trying to be a tough guy. He's trying to bark out there. He's talking all kinds of smack, but he's getting absolutely worked. I mean, you don't have to run over people every play. I think he averages like at least two or three offensive fouls a game. I say, <laughs> my man, it is called footwork. Please footwork. invest in some. On 2K, you can use VC. You can improve your skills. Please do the cone drills. Get it together, bro. You can't just run over people every time. I'm sorry. I this It made me so mad because
1: he's just sitting there like he didn't play terribly. I'm, I'm like, we, we in Minnesota now. Don't nobody We, Min- we in Minnesota we, now. I tried to tell Minnesota him when
3: we were now. there, but well, we got
1: to go back now. to Minnesota, you know? <laughs> this yeah. dude.
3: Come on, bro. bro. Shut like, your ass up. Y'all were up by 26 and y'all lost the game. That's just embarrassing. That's yeah. just an all-time embarrassment.
2: I don't ever want to hear my number one pick say, I'm going to go have some wine like he did not just play terribly. <laughs> like, I get it. You had like, 35, 12, and seven, and you just didn't get it done. You know, I'm going to go have some wine. I didn't play. But no, 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 no. You take four shots, and you have five fouls and five rebounds, and you want to tell me, I'm just looking to the next game. i said, no, 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 no. You go to the podium. You shower. Come back. Let's get on the line. I would, if I was his coach, yeah. I would have made him run. Yeah. I would have said down and back one mississippi two no we're not leaving until you know so calling three towns good hustle
3: yeah even i don't yeah. care
2: if you had a good game you got to be better than that you're number one pick i don't ever want to hear that from you again
3: yeah especially after man, shooting four times bro like in falling out bro it's
1: probably about to be third team all nba this is supposed to be your show man this is yeah. you finally got the podium you've been wanting and frankly four. deserved and you're doing this I need that's, to the that's, that's the crazy part that's the crazy part
2: that's kitten from Anthony him. Towns. Okay. Not
1: Carl. Kitten Anthony Towns.
2: <laughs> it's not cat. It's kitten.
3: Kitten.
1: <laughs> what a journey through those awards. Wow. That took a, that's a good <laughs> minute. That's all right. Like I said, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of hustle out there. Yeah. A lot of hustle. All-time hustle. All right. Let's go through these series. Gentlemen, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's get it. All right. Without further ado, we will start east and go west. Start from the top. Work our way down to the bottom. here is versus Hawks. Heat. Up three games to one. So, first of all, how impressed are we with the Miami Heat so far? Dion, are you impressed?
3: I'm impressed by Jimmy Butler, not the Miami Heat. Miami, the, the rest of the team been so-and-so. Bam has not showed up yet. Uh, P.J. Tucker was has been pretty impressive. Especially on the offensive side, I think it's mostly because I think Trey is guarding him, so it's kind of, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, but I've been really disappointed on the other side. But we'll I probably we'll probably talk about that next. But Jimmy Butler has really stepped up. We've been talking about it for the past month. How there's been inter- internal problems, and it seems to be all like quieted down now. And they are on the roll. They definitely are.
1: Yeah. Um. It's been pointed out to me by several prominent heat fans that we are haters on the miami heat but i don't care i'm not that impressed with the heat i'm not
3: <laughs> yeah like i've been impressed with jimmy but the rest of the yeah, team has been ass. that dude no, no <laughs> question
1: but in terms of the heat role players duncan robinson went off game one yeah. um
3: never heard of him since <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> not even sure if he's still on the team um Tyler Hero's been okay, but the Hawks aren't very good, and the Heat yeah. have let them hang around in multiple games. I mean, yes. yes, they win, so it's not that big a deal other than Trey Young's floater, but I don't think that the Hawks are a good metric for the Heat. I don't think that's a good measuring stick. I don't think the Hawks are very good. I mean,
3: all they do, all the Heat do on defense is throw everything they have at Trey. He literally just said, I haven't been guarded like this since high school. <laughs> because everybody's going on them on him because there's nobody else on that team that could actually take over
1: yeah um say Trey young needs help maybe the (laughs) understatement of the year Mm -hmm. john collins Um,
3: underperforming
1: please fucking usual this is a hostage situation the hawks (laughs) are Trey young against his will please get him (laughs) some help this is embarrassing (laughs) How many yeah. open shots he's created and how many of them are not going in. Please mm-hmm. send help. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about the Heat. I, I don't know what to think about them in this series. Vijay, are you impressed with the Heat?
2: Um, like y'all are saying, I don't know if I'm really particularly impressed with the Heat. Again, like I've been saying, the Hawks were originally a nine seed before the play-in, so there's a lot of gaps between both of these teams. And I I just think the Hawks don't have enough to stay with the heat. Like Trey young is working overtime just to get good looks against all these defenders. And I mean, that's gotta be tiring him out because he doesn't have anybody who's really consistently stepping up on offense for him either. So I don't know if I'm necessarily impressed with the heat. I mean, Jimmy Butler seems to be the most impressive thing about them, but overall, like, Miami hasn't done anything special, I would say. They're one seed, so I think this is kind of expected, but I'm not necessarily saying – I don't really buy Miami just yet, mm-hmm. to be honest.
1: Yeah, they're
2: taking and care Karsten, of business. I don't care what you say. <laughs> culture, <laughs> baby, heat culture, baby. Whatever. <laughs>
1: and, uh, every time I run into Karsten or Kendrick, shout out to Karsten <clears throat> and Kendrick every single day. Heat culture, baby. Heat, heat culture. culture. And it just makes me hate them more. So I hope to see their downfall. No, in all seriousness, I I mean, I said I wasn't impressed, but honestly, I'm reserving judgment. I don't know. I just feel like the Hawks are kind of there and the Heat are just kind of handling business, you know? Nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, we'll see. I don't think the Kyle Lowry injury is as big as a lot of people think it is. Yeah, Uh, definitely not. I mean, was he? He hasn't been playing that great. Yeah, I mean, can you miss a guy who wasn't really there in the first place? Exactly. So, um, yeah, kind of indifferent on the Heat right now, which is better than it has been. So, just really quick, straight up, BJ, any chance the Hawks come back?
2: Uh, No, straight up. I just don't – I don't see it. I, I think it's just going to be – it will be impossible because it's just like <laughs> – it just seems like a, a steep mountain to climb to get back into this series.
1: Yeah, I'm also giving the Hawks zero shot. Trey Young looks exhausted. And I don't think he's gonna get a rest anytime soon. Nope. At yeah. least until the Heat handle business and knock him out of the playoffs. Then he can <laughs> finally rest. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, little one, but no. <laughs> he's he's been right?
3: carrying this team this whole season. I mean, and I really hope backs. they win one more game because I had that's what that was my prediction, but it's not looking likely.
1: The Hawks front office should be arrested for abuse and neglect for what they've done. To trade <laughs> they have let my man out, left my man out there to die. Yeah. So Dion, any shot they come back?
3: No, I think they might win one more, but I don't, maybe probably not. They're not going to definitely not going to win the series.
1: Um, do you think they extended at all? Or do you think he, he close it out next game?
3: I think they're going to win. The, I th- I'm hoping actually that the hawks will win one more game that was your prediction because like it's, it's solely relying on how jimmy butler plays and if he has a half night the hawks will the hawks can definitely take it that's fair
1: but my my thing is is there anyone on the hawks yeah. who can make jimmy butler have an off night i don't think so probably not jimmy butler can make jimmy butler have an off night but no one on the hawks can force him mm-hmm. um maybe a middle no, of the I, game fight
3: with uh victor <clears throat>
1: Yeah, maybe get <laughs> tossed out, but um, I, nobody on the Hawks can slow him down. Uh, VJ, he close it out next game, or do you think the Hawks extend?
2: I think the Heat close it out back home. You know, I think that's just five games. Yeah, okay. I agree.
1: The Hawks have shown me no reason why they should extend this series. All right, moving on to, I think the biggest surprise of the first round of the playoffs so far, Celtics. And the net Celtics up 3 0 on the net currently playing right now. So we might have breaking news here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, should we save that for last since they're currently playing? Might have a different storyline here in about 10 minutes. Yeah, man. Push yeah. that one back. Yeah, push that one back. Okay. The All game right, is almost we'll... over. Push and, push and pause on that one. We will come back push to and that.
3: Peak. Push, peak. push and P.
1: All right. Moving on down bucks versus the bulls so <laughs> let's let's address the elephant in the room how concerned are we with the middle middleton injury moving forward vj the resident bucks fan how concerned are you with that
2: honestly I, I was a little concerned especially after game two when the bucks did not play well but having Grayson allen play like this i think it bodes well for us um and I think that we are kind of built to withstand this because um, now Giannis says he'll put more of the onus on himself. And if the Bucs are going to shoot like that from downtown against the Bulls, then I think that buys us a well little time. And then Middleton, I say maybe three or four weeks from now, you know, does he still have a little rhythm? Can he join us and get back into it? But I think the Bucs are actually in a good position right now without Chris.
3: I think so too, man. I mean, they they played better without him on the floor in this series, and it's not a secret because they blew out, they, they blew the doors off the Bulls in those two games that it he wasn't, wasn't there. <laughs> it wasn't even close. And I'm I, if going going forward, I wouldn't be concerned. I wouldn't be concerned because you know we see we I know it's a small sample size, but uh, they have players that can step up and take a little bit of the scoring that is missing from Chris Middleton. So. Yeah, I wouldn't be concerned. And it's just going to unleash more of Giannis's superpowers.
1: Yeah, I was a lot more concerned when it first happened. Same, versus, same. Yeah, versus now. And so for the Bulls series, I'm not all that concerned. If it goes into the second round, I'm much more concerned, um, especially with how good the Celtics have looked. Um, the Bucks will need all hands on deck in that series and can't afford to fall into a hole in all likelihood. So, but for this series, we're talking Bucks-Bulls. I'm not that concerned. I mean, you guys bring up good points of somehow it looks like they played better without him. So, is there any way the Bulls can figure out a way to stop Giannis? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. I mean, I, I texted um, our group chat the other day of Patrick Williams trying to guard Giannis one-on-one. is just pure comedy. Yeah. Like, call the National Guard. Like, my man needs some help. (laughs) Every play, Giannis is babying this man. And that's not not on Patrick Williams entirely. I mean, Giannis does this to a lot of guys. But there's the Bulls don't have a true stopper on their team. Alex Caruso is pretty good on defense, but I wouldn't call him a true stopper. And he's out now, I think. And he's out now. so Um, Definitely
3: can't guard Giannis. Giannis Yeah, raise,
1: raise your hand if the Bulls can figure out a way to stop Giannis. No shot. All right. I mean, maybe foul the ever living shit out of him and hope he misses <laughs> yes. all the free throws. Don't well, matter, I mean, really. they've been trying that, so
3: <laughs> no matter that doesn't
1: work so far. Um, strangely worded question, but so far, Dion, do you think the Bucs are winning this series or are the Bulls losing it? Bucks Does that are make winning. Sense?
3: Yeah, Bucks are winning. Bucks are going out there and playing their hardest. I mean, one of their their second option went down. And now they're all they're all contributing. There's no <clears throat> no excuse uh, for the Bulls. I think I mean, DeMar DeRozan played one game and then just stopped playing. I don't I don't I don't understand how he has games where he shoots less than 10 points, just ten, less than 10 shots. And yeah. I mean, I, I, it's just mind boggling to fun. me how the Bulls have handled this whole situation. But uh, yeah, the Bulls are the, the Bucks are definitely winning the series. I mean, they're, they're clearly like they went to Chicago and blew them out twice.
1: I mean, it's kind of semantics, but I feel like the Bulls are losing this series. There were a couple of games where they could have been in it or could have won and they have just played themselves out of it. Uh, DeMar DeRozan hasn't been himself. Zach Levine hasn't been efficient. Lucevic has been nowhere to be seen at times and the Bulls, surprisingly looked like they could have made this the series but didn't they had a lot of missed opportunities and that's no shade at the bucks they played well they've done what they needed to do but i mean we expected the bucks to just come out and blow the doors off the bulls and the bulls have given themselves opportunities but haven't capitalized so they i think when they look back at this series they're gonna feel pretty sick because oh yeah it, but
3: oh yeah that after game two i was i was kind of terrified because then realty went down and they had just the Bulls just won. I was like, oh shit, they might actually like make this a series. But since, ever since then, they've been outscored by sixty in two games. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, VJ, same question. Do you think the Bucks are winning this series or are the Bulls losing it?
2: I think the Bucks are winning it, and it's because they got back to doing the things that they normally do on a high level. They cut down on turnovers and ran really good offense. Um picking apart Chicago's defense. And then I think that um defensively, the Bucks locked in. I mean, once you get around the fact that the Bucks are just huge up front, I mean when you got a starting lineup of Giannis, Bobby, and Brooke, I mean Levine keeps trying to go to the basket. He realizes like I can't even see the basket. I can't even see the rim because they're like three, yeah. seven footers right there. So I think defensively the Bucks are really like locked in, and they're not turning over the ball like they did before.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. I mean, the same question. Any shot the Bulls come back in this series?
3: No. No shot.
1: You did Any shot the Bulls come back?
3: No. They, they're playing in Milwaukee next game. It's, it's over.
1: No, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. All right. The four and the five seed, Sixers and the Raptors currently playing right now. Toronto's up 13 at the half. Love it but <laughs> ignoring the current game that's been going on. BJ, what's been working for the Sixers so far?
2: Um, So I think the best kept secret, not really a kept secret, is um the six-minute of the year award for the Sixers should have went to the refs. I think the refs are absolutely <laughs> giving the Sixers everything they needed and more in this series. But honestly, it's been, I think, the Sixers have been efficient offensively. Really, if they're not drawing fouls, they're actually getting really good shots off. And a guy who I've always been waiting to like take take that next step, Tobias Harris has played probably his best game as a Sixer this series. Like He's not doing too much. He's shooting the ball. He realizes he's nine and can put the ball on the floor quick and make a move. So I think offensively, I think that's where the biggest thing for the Sixers has been their advantage against the Raptors.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, just in general, I think the Sixers starting lineup is just killing the Raptors. No particular yeah. player other than Tyrese Maxey in Game One has really gone off. Uh, Joel Embiid had a really good Game Three as well, but the Sixers starters are just are just a mismatch for the Raptors. Um, and yeah, definitely the biggest reason, like I said, like you said, is the refs. I mean, this is the worst kept secret: is that Joel Embiid and James Harden get a lot of free throws. And I would think that once the playoffs start, that would mean they would get less free throws. But that has not been the case. Try to tell um, you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Deon, what's what's been working for the Sixers so far?
3: I mean, you guys hit it right on the head, and like they're they just have been getting contributions from the whole team on both ends on the floor, uh, especially when they went in Toronto and Mathis Seibel was in there. Um, I think that James Harden—they've been doing all this with James Harden not even really showing up to be honest because he played good one one game I think. Um, and Joel Embiid has been consistent. You know, he's he gets his twenty-five and ten whatever every night, and then everywhere everywhere you look, you got a guy with fifteen, a guy with twenty. Tobias Harris has been actually playing, so. I just think the the main factor was the contribution from the whole team. The whole team's been hidden.
1: All right, let's go west. Maybe besides Celtics and Nets, maybe the biggest surprise so far, Suns Pelicans tied at two. EJ, is it time to panic for the Suns?
2: I would hate to say panic for a one seed like the Suns, 60-plus game and win, but um, I think I wouldn't say panic. I would say it's time to be concerned. Because clearly the teams are more evenly matched than we thought without Devin Booker. <laughs> like, I think Devin Booker puts him over the top, but clearly a 36 year old Chris Paul cannot carry the load like he had when he was younger. That got even with the Clippers when he was with them. But you gotta be, because it seems like, you know, these teams are more evenly matched than we thought. Like, you, I don't know who to pick game to game, to be honest.
1: Young, time to panic for the Suns?
2: Um,
3: I wouldn't think it's time to panic yet. Um, they're going to move the series back to Phoenix. I think they're going to get in rhythm and then close it out in New Orleans. I think they, they're going to go to and on their next games. Uh, I think they just need more production from Michael M- Mikel Ridges. He's been non-existent on the offensive side of the court. And, I mean, De'Andre Ayton's been doing what he's got to do. I mean, rebounding and scoring, that's what he does. Um, and CB3 needs to show up and stop worrying about Jose Alvarado's antics, uh, like I said in the awards. But I don't think it's time to panic yet for this team. This team knows how to figure it out, and they got a great coach. I think I think they're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not panicking yet, but I think it, it hasn't been a good look for the Suns. Of, you would expect with Devin Booker out, it should still be a mismatch versus the Pelicans. And... You just need a lot more from Chris Paul and that supporting cast. Absolutely. And they haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Okay, pause. I can't focus. Hold on.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, I, want, I wanted to point out for the people at home how hard it is to record while there's an NBA game going on, a playoff oh NBA game. Oh, my gosh. Because we, every time one of us is not talking, is looking at their screen.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. And that's best player right now is the NBA, trying to extend this series for them. Stop, it was one back call, bro. There's been like three.
3: Have you seen the beginning of you know, the game, break bro? Stop, they were in the bonus with three minutes into the bro, game, bro.
1: The Nets stop. have shot like stop. 30 stop. free throws, and the stop. Celtics have shot 15. I don't want to hear
3: what are you talking about.
1: It's look it up.
3: They shot nine in the first quarter alone. Oh, they've been terrible too. 59 from the free throw line. What the fuck?
1: Let's go, JB. Yeah, I mean, Dion, what's been working for the Pelicans so far?
3: I mean, I think their defense has turned it up a lot in those two games they won. And I think Brandon Ingram has been insane this season, this this series. He turned up to a whole new level, looking almost like vintage KD. Um, I, I love what I'm seeing from this team. Uh, I don't know if they will win this series, but the future is bright for them. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, two two main things for me. I mean, Willie Green has made some really yeah. good adjustments for, for the Pelicans and has kept them in a really good state of mind. Despite mm-hmm. a hard season, despite getting torched in game one, mm-hmm. um, Willie Green has been doing a really good job with this team. And then Brandon Ingram has had a really good playoff series, really good. Absolutely, He's been the best player on the floor at times with Devin Booker out. And so the Pelicans, regardless of what happens, they have a lot to be proud of and they're playing really good basketball right now. DJ, what's been working for the Pelicans?
2: Uh, Brandon Ingram has been the best player in this series. Um, easily, I think, without Devin Booker on the floor. And then um, Herbert Jones defensively. I don't know if you can say enough about yes. him. Yes. He out there blocking shots um, on Mikael Bridges being everywhere. And then Valanchunas is a problem in the paint. Like, he is killing DeAndre Aiden down there. Like, DeAndre Aiden wants to get paid and get a big contract, but he has not been able to stop or deal with Valentinus. So, I think Mm -hmm. with Brandon Engel being the best player, Herbert Jones' defense, and then CJ McCullough, the steady vet, like his leadership and everything. So, there's a lot that the Pelicans are doing right.
1: Yeah. Dion. what do the Suns need from Chris Paul in this series in order to win? What do, you, what do you think that – in order for the Suns to win, what do you think they have to have from Chris Paul?
3: Consistency. He's a, he hasn't been consistent. He, he goes for a game where he has 30 and 10, and then the next game he has 10 and 6. Is unacceptable for a team like of this caliber to have this type of inconsistency from your leader because now he's the, like, he's the sole leader on the team with Devin Booker out. Um, and I think he's got to be – I mean, just got to go back to what he's been doing, like what he's been doing his whole career. It just, I know he's tired, but then Brooker will be back eventually. You gotta have to push a little bit more on your gas right
1: now while he's out. DJ, what do you think the Suns have to have from Chris Paul in order to win? They ha- well, what they have
2: to have is Chris Paul be able to do what he did in games one and three. Yep. And that's carried him down the stretch, make big shots, and facilitate. But the only issue is, I think the Suns can afford when CP3 is out for a little bit because Devin Booker can score and facilitate, but they can't afford when Booker's out because who's going to score? Like, I think that's the issue when you have him out. So if they can get Chris Paul to be consistent, like Deion said, and probably just give him 22 to 25 a game, they should be okay. But also, DeAndre Ayton, you want to get paid, you have to step up. Absolutely. You have to be dominant. Like, if you want your money, this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it since the end of last year. This is a team that goes as Devin Booker goes. And without Devin Booker, they're clearly not the same team. And so I think the first step is Chris Paul has to be a steadying force for this team. When he's flustered and he's frustrated, the rest of the team is frustrated. He has to find a way to. And, you know, Chris Paul is this is who he is. He plays with an edge. He's a pretty chill guy in real life. From what I hear, seems really nice in the state forum commercials. But he (laughs) plays with an edge and he plays with that fire. But sometimes I think you need to take a step back and recognize that your young team is feeling the pressure and you need to help them steady and calm things down a little bit. Okay. And so I think that's the number one thing they need from Chris Paul. Yes. Some buckets wouldn't hurt, but I think he needs to have a little bit of an attitude adjustment in order to help those young guys. Um, because they they tighten up. You can see it. The more the Pelicans hang around, the tighter they get and the more nervous they become. Mm -hmm. And so there's pressure on the Suns to blow this team out. And that's really not necessary. You just need to win. Chris Paul needs to be the one to relay that message to this team. Um, Couldn't agree more. So I, I think you can very easily get away with 12 points from Chris Paul and 10 assists. It's not like he needs to absolutely light it up. Mm-hmm. but he needs to help the help the uh sons adjust their attitude a little bit yeah. um i mean now shockingly a best of three series Dion, who wins this series and, and how many games do you think
3: uh, like like i said earlier i think it ends in uh, new orleans after they're gonna to go to an oh in the next two games
1: dj who wins this who wins this series and in how many games uh i
2: I think I'm going to roll with the Suns in seven. I think it'll, it'll go to four seven games. And the Suns, eventually they'll close it out.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I think I like the Suns in seven games, um, potentially six. I think the Pelicans yeah. do have the talent and the confidence to win one more game, but I cannot imagine. Devin Booker, no Devin Booker, shouldn't matter. Um, the Suns should be able to close it out. All right. <laughs> We have breaking news into the dagger. Around the world with the dagger. Um, These Celtics have officially swept the Brooklyn Nets in four games with a 116-112 victory. Dion, your instant <laughs> reaction. Are you shocked?
3: I mean, from before the series, before I saw the first, ga- the first couple games, I, w- I was shocked. But now... Not at all. I mean, Celtics deserved it. Uh, They outplayed the Nets in every aspect of the game. And it wasn't even particularly close.
1: Um, I'll get my instant reaction. I am shocked. If you take my attitude from the start of the series, I expected this to be a slugfest. I even, you know, when people asked me about my thoughts about it, I said it was unfortunate for the Celtics that they had the Nets in the first round because it meant that they were going to get, a grueling playoff series, and that would affect their series later on. But for them to just come out and sweep the Nets, I am, as, as a shameless Celtics homer, I'm dumbfounded. Where is the pride from the Brooklyn Nets? How can you allow yourselves to be swept? That is insane to me. At some time, now, said that everyone expects in the NBA community that the Nets can turn it on whenever they want, and clearly they couldn't. The Celtics felt in control of all four games. They were ahead pretty much. All four of those games other than game one. Um, and that to me is very surprising. BJ, what's your instant reaction to a, the sweep by the Celtics? Um,
2: well, my instant reaction is just two years ago, we thought that Brooklyn Nets were gonna be the super team to come for at least two to three years, but now it looked like they are in the worst position possible. Yeah you gotta you got Kevin Durant. Who has re-signed and you have a roster with very little flexibility. And then you have Kyrie, who who's a free agent who who we know could possibly even retire damn near, knowing yep. how sporadic he is. But I'm 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 shocked that it only took four games. And it wasn't like the Celtics blew them out in each game. They were, it was literally nip and tuck each game. But if for like there are two C for a reason, they made more plays and they like really, I've never seen anybody really Take Kevin Durant out of his element for four straight games
1: in the series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the only series I believe all of us picked to go seven games. Is that right? Yeah, I've, I have had one oh. at least. And now this is the only four-game sweep in the playoffs. That is absolutely yeah. wild. Yeah. That is, Does doesn't make that sense? That is an Uno reverse card if I've ever seen one. Yeah, they're like bad. That is absolutely insane.
3: You thought this, this series would last a month?
1: bet <laughs> yeah well i mean the way they were spacing the games out it was supposed to last till yeah. may yeah um yeah i mean this is absolutely wild to uh, all the people who say the nba is totally predictable exhibit a um yeah i mean what let's let's get ahead of this before everybody else you know steals the storyline from us Bj, what happened to kevin durant in this series um good game four from him yeah. I believe thirty six points. I want to say. Um, I don't have the box score in front of me, but good game. Good game four um, was effective, but what happened to him in the first three games? Nowhere to be seen until game four. What what happened?
2: Um, here's a perfect example of why coaching absolutely matters. Um, you can pick up basketball and championship basketball are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're going to Rucker Park, if you're going to play pickup basketball, I think Kevin Durant's the first guy he drafted. Are you take, absolutely? But in a seven game series, when you have people that can game plan for you, it's very easy to know a guy's tendencies, and it helps even more when you have a guy like Emile Udoku, who spent a lot of time with Kevin Durant. He was on the net staff for a period. He comes from the coach Popovich tree, and then he was with Kevin Durant this summer for Team USA, and he knew exactly how to bottle Kevin Durant up, get him out of his spots, and really, I think that Kevin Durant for four games has never had to go against probably three to four defenders at a given time, because there are no weak matchups against the Celtics. They can play a lineup of five guys who can switch. And I think Kevin Durant had never, ever seen that in his career, like five guys, six, five and above who can like make it tough for him. And I honestly think like he was again, exhausted going through that. So I'm still shocked that it even happened that quick yesterday at four games yeah
3: absolutely yeah I mean
1: I, I I this is one of the things I alluded to when I predicted the Celtics would win is the Celtics have the bodies to throw at Kevin Durant no one can completely hold him down and when I said they had the bodies I thought that meant hold him to 25 I didn't think that meant hold him to eight or 11 um, make him shoot very poorly from the field but there are no bad switches in some of these Celtics lineups Al Horford did a good enough job when he was switched on. Even the guards, who are much smaller than Kevin Durant, one-on-one did a good enough job, made it difficult for him. Um, and when all outs failed, they just made it difficult for him. Of We'll send you to the line before we'll let you get in rhythm. And that clearly fl- flustered Kevin Durant. He did not like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he set up his teammates effectively. I don't think Kevin Durant should be completely crushed. He's very much a player that gives you – what the that does what the defense gives you, and that wasn't much. But he still facilitated his teammates when the Celtics blitzed him. He passed effectively. Um, so I don't think you can put it completely on Kevin Durant. But I also don't think he played well at all. Uh, that's true. Deion, yeah. No. That reaction. To I Kevin I echo
3: everything Durant. you guys have said. I mean, in the past, when KD shined the brightest, was when he had other excellent players all around on the team when he's it's just him and one other good player i think the focus shifts solely on him and that's what changed from the past i think because when he was with the warriors and when they won championships they had threats all over the court this year it was only him basically because Kyrie played one game he played one game uh and then i think that the most important thing uh that put him in 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 a difficult situation was their phys- the Boston Celtics physicality. They bullied him. They punked him. He looked like a little bitch out there. And it was like, it was embarrassing for him. Like, I've never seen anything like that before from Kevin Durant. I mean, every little dump, bump, he would like either fall or just get frustrated. Uh, I mean, they fall a lot, but that's just part of the game. You just got to get over it. And if you can't score, just act like as a decoy. And I just think that their one-on-one play is what, like, took them down because they just kept going one-on-one with no passing. And, I mean, it's hard to get in rhythm like that for if you're a, any NBA team.
1: Yeah, and as much hate as Kevin Durant is going to get, and honestly, rightfully so, he didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say the same thing for Kyrie Irving in the next three games. He went off game one, but his next oh, yeah. three games were terrible. Oh, yeah. the reverse yeah. of Kevin Durant. Yeah, so oh, it's not only
3: on Kevin Durant. I wasn't. I was just. No. I was pointing out because the question was Kevin Durant. So sure, I, just, I was sure, and, and that's gonna...
1: what everyone's going to talk about. But Kyrie Irving, I think, was equally bad in this series. Oh, absolutely. Of course, Kevin Durant had Game Four. Kevin Kyrie Irving had Game One, but everything in between was pretty hit or miss. It was mm-hmm. mostly miss. I mean, I mean, there
3: there 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 were multiple games where he shot like ten shots. That's un- unacceptable from yeah. Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, you need to be more assertive. hmm. No, I don't exactly. care how, how
3: many bodies they put on you. You're going to have to find a way to do it. People have it's, done it in I, the past. They haven't.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think that segues. Well, I mean, let's first of all, before we get to who's to blame and who gets the credit, let's talk about the million-dollar question and what I think everyone is going to be debating for the next two days. Is this a sign that Kevin Durant is no longer the dominant force he once was, or is this just a blip? Was this really just dominant Celtics defense, or do you think you read more into Kevin Durant's performance? DJ, was it just a blip, or is KD not quite the same dude he was?
2: I think it is absolutely just a blip. I mean, NBA fans, and NBA circles, unfortunately, like it's a what have you done for me lately kind of world, and people have short-term memory. Like this man wasn't just – didn't have one of the best game five performances against Milwaukee with 49 points, the 49-point triple-double. So you mean to tell me in one year Kevin Durant's not good at basketball anymore? Like, that that kind of hyperbole. Like, I just like, no. KD is still one of the best players, and I think he is still one of the best players in this league today. I mean, you're going against an all-time defense. It's happened to LeBron. It's happened to Kobe. It's happened to the best players who have ever played. Jordan yep. went through it with the Pistons. Like, literally, great players go against all-time good defensive teams, all-time teams. This is what you do when you come back the next season. That defines you. It's not when you fail. It's how you respond to it, and I think Kevin Durant more than capable of coming back and being the same guy. Preach.
1: Yeah, I I think I agree. I even though the Celtics, as Dion said, punked him, you know, made him have a very rough series. The skills have clearly not deteriorated. We saw it in Game Four, even with that great defense, he was mm-hmm. hitting shots. But the only thing that makes me pause is have injuries started to take their toll on Kevin Durant between the Achilles, the knee injury this year, have those started to slow him down? And I don't think so, but maybe he has had a lot of injuries the past three years. The skills have clearly not deteriorated, but physically is he the same dude as he was with the Warriors? And I mean, I don't know the answer to my own question we'll have to see how healthy he is going into next year. I think that's something to monitor. Um, I mean, it, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he rushed himself back from injury this year because the nets were so bad without him. Um, I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating, but it makes me wonder if some of the injuries haven't taken their toll on him. I don't know. Just purely speculation, mm-hmm. but in terms of skills, no. Kevin Durant is still that dude. We'll see it next year. We'll see it for probably two or three more years at least. But I, I just question him physically. Dion.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody that says
1: like that it wasn't it's just
3: doesn't know basketball. Um, we all know what KD does. Uh, injuries are not a factor for him. He comes back just as good as he was before, if not better. Uh, I think that the defense that he played against this series is something that he has never seen before. And I'm pretty sure that he's going to come back and he'll know, he'll know how to handle that next year. He'll, he'll, he'll go in the lab and he'll be, he'll be ready if they ever match up again. But I think this is definitely just a blip. I echo everything you guys said, uh, but he'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. I don't think this takes anything away from him as a player.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I agree. Um, and don't you worry, next episode we'll break down Nets off season. Was the Nets, yeah. as a team, was it a failure? Is the experiment over? Do the Nets need to blow it up? We'll talk about all that next time. Mm-hmm. You know, the storylines for the Nets are just beginning. But um, in terms of this series, Dion, who should get the most credit for the Celtics?
3: Oh, Celtics defense. I think I've never seen a defense like this in my life. Ever ever it's i i hate the celtics it's not a secret but their defense has been phenomenal every game i watch i'm like how they like they have to stop somewhere they're gonna run out of gas at some point but no they just keep pushing on the gas uh just keep on fighting through screens just diving for loose balls blocking shots it's just and it comes from everybody one through twelve and it's just it's just suffocating for the other for the other team. I think absolutely their defense was the w- number one reason.
1: E.J., who who gets the credit in your mind for the Celtics for this sweep? Um,
3: I,
2: I think it's the defense too. I think you have legitimately maybe seven or eight guys who actually can play solid yeah. defense, and you think you're going to get an easy switch, and then you realize Grant Williams can also move his feet. And then you realize, I think Derek White can move his feet and mm-hmm. he's quicker than most people believe. And then you realize Jason Tatum is no longer willing to just let you go by him and help hope that yeah. Robert Williams blocks a shot. Jason Tatum is now willing to sit in the chair like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I want to say, like, they've always been the best two defenders, but now that's starting to reach the entire team. And I think yeah. if you can't play defense for Coach Ime Doke, you can't get on the floor. So I think that more than anything has been the turnaround for them. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think I give the biggest piece of credit to Imi Uh Yes, he has a little bit of an advantage because he knows the Nets so well. But getting this team to completely buy in the way they have to a first-year head coach has been remarkable. And the schemes he's come up with and the way he's put this, each of the Celtics' individual players in a position to succeed – has been amazing each of these players i mean i've been watching this team for you know as long as i've been alive basically and so i'm familiar with all of these players and i can tell you definitively each of these players that are currently on the celtics are better than they were last year under brad stevens and brad stevens is not a bad head coach i'm udoka has really put them in a position to succeed and with that i think jason tatum the evolution of his game i think is complete. The way he played this series was about as well as any star player can play in a series. Uh, He didn't force it. Offensively, he was very efficient shooting when he was left open, taking his man one-on-one when left one-on-one, and then passing very effective out of double teams. The Nets had no answer for him. And it seemed like he killed them no matter what they did. They doubled him. He passes out to open threes and dunks if he penetrates. They leave him one-on-one. He is just shooting over them. They had no answer for him. So I, I think the Celtics are extremely dangerous going, going forward if they continue to play like this. All right, let's get negative. That's that's how we usually go. Give, give the Celtics the credit. We talked about Kevin Durant and his struggles. We talked about Kyrie Irving and his struggles. But where do you put the blame, BJ, for the Nets, getting swept. Where do you put the largest piece of the blame?
2: I'm looking directly at Steve Nash for what happened in this series. Um yes, KD did not have a great great series and Kyrie had a great game 1 but didn't play as well after that. But Steve Nash did not do one thing to change the outcome of this series. He didn't make any adjustments. He didn't try to get KD make things easier for him he he legit played him 40 plus minutes all four games there were there were no schemes offensively that he changed he really didn't make any adjustments and you could tell again two years in a row Steve Nash looks again like he doesn't know what he's doing and he looks like he gets out coached by bud one year now a first year coach he made you do because he's running circles around so, I mean, I got to give most of the blame to Steve Nash because as a coach, you have to be able to figure things out on the fly and make it easier for your guys. So it's got to be Steve Nash for me.
1: Yeah, definitely deserve to be. Um, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but I'm also putting a huge chunk of the blame in the Nets front office. That's where you I was You have going. players yeah. that they signed that didn't even play. Well, Marcus Aldridge didn't play. Blake Griffin barely played. Oh my God. Um, yeah. You traded for Ben Simmons, knowing what a risk it was bringing him on, knowing that something like this could happen, that he could quit on this team. And believe, say what you want. Ben Simmons quit on this team this year. He quit on this team. On both you teams. Brought in ben, you traded James Harden. Not that I'm saying you should have held, held on to James Harden. Maybe it's worse if you keep him. Maybe it's better. Who knows? But you knew something like this could happen if you brought on Ben Simmons. And the Nets, other than signing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, the Nets front office has not made very good moves. They haven't. And, yes, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were pretty bad in this series overall, but they didn't have much help either. Um, The supporting cast for the Nets were not great. Nick Nick Claxton could not hit free throws, and they could not hide him on the perimeter. Jason Tatum looked at him looked the way a pit bull looks at a piece of meat. Anytime he gets switched on to him, um, Patty Mills was pretty good, I guess. Andre Drummond barely played. Um, Shit, Seth I forgot
3: he wasn't even a, on this team. Yeah,
1: What's the Seth point? Curry had an okay, series. <laughs> Completely
3: um, forgot he was on this
1: team. He yeah, started I mean, the game. What, is, that was it. What, what is this roster? I mean, you decided to take a huge gamble with this Ben Simmons trade and you lost. So I, the Nets front office deserves a huge chunk of blame as mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. But like, but is right. Steve Nash absolutely got out coached and under his coaching, this team has handled adversity as bad as poorly as you can. We talk about, you know, teams like the Suns and the Pelicans who have handled adversity extremely well. The nets have handled it as bad, as badly as you can. And some of that should fall on the leadership of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But some of it also falls on Steve Nash if he has not been the steadying force that a coach needs to be. I, agree. Leon, who, I mean, who are you giving the biggest chunk of blame to? Uh,
3: to, to be honest, everybody, but mainly the two uh, entities that you guys brought up. Uh, I think this series was lost like two years ago when they gave up all those players for James Harden. Um, I think that their non-existing defense is a has been a problem since they got together, and it's just keeps bringing it up. Uh, you bring up Kevin Durant's leadership, but he's not really a leader. He's just he's a great basketball player, but he's not really a leader. They, the team, teams nowadays succeed like mostly when you got a very vocal leader, and every team in these playoffs has a vocal leader except for the Nets. Nets hasn't have nobody. Marcus Smart, you can see that him like yelling at people uh yelling on defense yelling on the bench uh he is their vocal leader and that's when you get the best out of your role players and there's nobody that can do that for the nets i think leadership is a really big problem together with defense and together with coaching especially coaching because if you don't have a player that can inspire other players to play better that has to come from coaching and steve nash just sits there like a little puppy scared that he's going to lose his job and he will but with, that's a topic for another day. Um, I think that management needs to figure out a way uh, to complement these two players. But I don't; it's going to be a hard job, and I don't. I, I don't even know if they can actually come up with something. To be honest,
1: yeah, Dion, I think you hit on a really important point of the leadership from Steve Nash wasn't there, but also the leadership from Kevin Durant wasn't there, and Kyrie Irving of one of the biggest difference between the teams of the Celtics and the team of the Nets is we all know that teams tend to tend to take on the personalities of their star players and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just kind of like, they're very, ex- extremely good players, but they're kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not getting your face in a positive way. You know, they'll yell at you if you mess something up, but mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving very involved in his own stuff. You know, he has his, you know, various hobbies that he's involved in Um, Kevin Durant, you know, prefers to get, you know, airs grievances on Twitter, things like that. But you look at the Celtics stars and Jason Tatum, extremely coachable. Hey, Jason, you need to pass more. No problem. I'm not going to learn it overnight, but I'll I'll try. I'll try and learn to play, make more Jalen Brown. You're not equal to Jason Tatum. We need to take a little bit of a step down. No problem. I'll be Robin. No big deal. And you see the way the Celtics have responded to that. And like Dion said, Marcus Smart, their vocal leader, holding people accountable without blowing up the locker room, without being a total dick about it. Extremely positive. You have other guys in there like Al Horford, vocal leader, but extremely positive, a guy people want to be around. And the Celtics might have the best locker room in the the NBA right now. That is an extremely cohesive unit that plays with a joy that's infectious, but also a competitiveness. And so, I mean, we'll talk about, I think, next round, what their ceiling is. I don't know. But the Celtics, I think it's safe to say, have had the best first-round performance so far.
3: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just one series, but there's a lot to, like, unpack from it. And, I mean, it's looking really nice for the Celtics. No question. No question.
1: I'm very cautiously optimistic. I hate that seven-foot dude that's still in our way, presumably, assuming the Bucks close out the Bulls, but the Celtics looked extremely good. BJ, any closing thoughts before we go back out West?
2: Um, I, I think now we have seen, especially with the Lakers and the Nets this year, everybody thought that was going to be the finals matchup. Both of those teams are at home. Um, reservations for Cabo are being made tonight as we speak, I am assuming. So it goes (laughs) to show, bro, chemistry, coaching, and player development are still very important. (laughs) Like you could put a super team together, but don't mean it's gonna stick and work out. And clearly we're seeing. Exactly. So
3: that's how they could win without any any defensive players. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice try. Yeah, and
1: that's and that's probably a deeper discussion for the offseason, but I mean you bring up a really good point, VJ, of like the Suns, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies, the Celtics. The Bucks. Yeah, these Bucks. are teams that are 90% homegrown, home developed. Warriors, these are teams that have drafted extremely well and developed extremely well. Not a ton of huge free agent mm-hmm. signings.
0: Mavs. Some Mavs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. These the I... best teams in the regular season this year have been teams homegrown. Maybe is the era of super teams dead. I don't know. I'm just gonna let that hang. All right, we're going yeah. back out west. This is a discussion that I can't wait to have. Yeah. So maybe we'll see what happens the rest of the playoffs. All right, where were we? Grizzlies at the Timberwolves, currently tied two games apiece. Uh, Dion, why has this series been so close with the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves? First of all, fire series. Yeah. Fire yeah. series. It's been it's been amazing.
3: It's been an amazing yeah. series. Yeah, that's uh, must see TV. Yeah, I think the the reason there's two reasons in my eyes that I can pinpoint to right now. And that is John Morant has not arrived in the series yet. He needs to, he needs to come and show up in the playoffs because he can't go another game scoring 10 points. That's just not what he's been doing the the whole season. And the second reason is uh, Patrick Beverly and his like energy that he has, has been given an, an immense amount of confidence to every other player on that team that they can be anybody. And I think that's what's be, been keeping the series
2: close so far.
1: DJ, same question. Why has this series been so close?
2: You know, what I've buckled it down to is both teams are just not very high IQ basketball teams. I think mm. they're both youthful and very inexperienced. Um, the mistakes you can tell are abundantly clear. I think both teams are very flashy. You know, veteran teams make the right play versus the highlight play. Both teams want to make the highlight play, the home run plays. And I think that allows each team to stay in the game. They both go on with runs. You can see, obviously, I talked about the Timberwolves. Grizzlies are, you know, the same thing, giving up with huge runs. And I think one thing that's clear to me is both teams celebrate too much after one game, right? And they take their foot off the gas, and the other team takes the next game. It's really back and forth because both teams, do not stay even kill. So I think that's why we're seeing it's because both teams don't know that this is a seven-game series. Like, it's not just about one game, you know? So the youthful inexperience to me is why it's just – it's a good series that's at the same thing, but it's an inexperience.
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked probably excessively about the Nets-Celtics series, and then Grizzlies-Timberwolves is the exact opposite. Nets-Celtics, tough, gritty – that was a real playoff series. You could turn it on with no context, and you'd know that's the playoffs. Okay? Um, if you watched these Grizzlies-Timberwolves games without any context, would you even know it was the playoffs? Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's been some good play, but also very sloppy. Yeah. Lone leads. Um, yeah, too much celebrating. Uh, trying to make the flashy play, like DJ's saying, instead of, you know, trying – Lots of heat checks, you know, stuff like that. This series has been a mess. Extremely entertaining. Extremely entertaining. (laughs) Facts. But an absolute mess. Um, Jean Morant and Kat going back and forth in the worst way of who wants to stay out of this series the longest. Uh, Jean Morant won. Um, Yeah. That's why this series is tied. Jean Morant hasn't really shown up yet. Yeah. We've seen he's able to take entire games over. And I thought he would take this series over. Haven't, mm-hmm. Hasn't seen it yet.
3: No, facts. I mean, it's immaturity. This is like their first playoff experience. I mean, the, the, the Grizzlies came in last year too, won a game. But it's really like novel for them. Uh, and I think Josh ja still needs to make that adjustment to his uh, playing speed because we all know like playoffs are slower. And one of their – Main advantages during this was that they ran like they ran that ball like every every game they were around everybody get yeah. most of their points in the in the fast break. That's why Ja has the most points in the paint. Uh, so I think once Ja can get to that adjustment, get to make that adjustment, his playing speed. I think this this series gets blown open and Memphis is gonna take it.
1: Yeah, I mean. You bring up a good point of this is the opposite of the Nets-Celtics in that way, too, of nothing but vets on Nets and Celtics. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could total up the amount of playoff games both of those rosters have played. It has to be in the thousands, like Mm -hmm. nothing but playoff experience. This is the opposite for the Timberwolves. I think only Pat Bev has ever been in the playoffs, right?
3: Uh, D'Lo, maybe.
1: Yeah, D'Lo, maybe? I don't know. I'll have to think on that. In the
3: East, probably, when he was with Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, maybe one series not pretty low. Yeah, and then Grizzlies one series against Utah last year where they won one game, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that explains why it has played out that way yeah. so far. Um, with that being said, um, who wins this series and does it go seven games, do you think? What, what do you think are going to be the keys for this series going forward and who do you think takes it? BJ, what are the keys in this series going forward and who takes it? So,
2: going forward, um, Grizzlies have to play better defense. They're giving Minnesota everything they want, and Minnesota's taking it, uh, whether that be ISO looks, three-point shots, you name it. Um, And I think, like, D.I. hit the nail on the head. The Grizzlies were the number one fast break team in the league this past season. They have to figure out better ways to score in half court. I mean, Jha's electrifying, but his half court game isn't really there yet. So they have to figure that part of the game out. And then for Minnesota, you have to protect the leads. Like, if you build up a good lead, you have to be smart. Don't take bad shots. Don't turn over the ball. And for God's sakes, like, tell your coach that he has timeouts that he can use. If you go on like a 20-0 run, you don't have to watch your team sit there and suffer. They have proven they can't figure it out by themselves. Help them out, man. But I think the Grizzlies take it in seven. I think just because of coaching, honestly, just because Taylor Jenkins is on their side, that's what I'm believing in (laughs) for the Grizzlies. Not even the players, just the
1: coaching. (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally agree. That was my point of the Grizzlies offense is their defense. If they don't guard, get turnovers, that really hurts their offense. They need to get out in transition. They will swither and die without transition buckets. And that starts with getting down in the trenches and taking away shots from the Timberwolves. I mean, their defense right now is hoping they miss. The first, right. That's been your identity all season is a gritty defensive team, and we need to see more of that. That being said, I am not totally off the Grizzlies yet. I, I think I agree with DJ. if Grizzlies take it seven. Yeah. Dion?
3: I got I got Grizzlies in seven. The series has been up and down. It's one game runs, basically. <laughs> and I think it's just going to keep going like that until the end. On-court event is going to give those two dubs to the Grizzlies, and I think they're going to take it at the end.
1: Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's go to the Warriors and the Nuggets. Warriors up three games to one. Nuggets managed to snatch a game from the Warriors. Um, The Warriors have played extremely well. And so I'm wondering, with all the injuries so far in the postseason, I mean, we talked about what Devin Booker's loss has meant for the Suns. Dion, do you think the Warriors should be considered the favorites in the West now with how they've looked in this series?
3: Yeah, How they look in this series? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think we're going to have to see the next round, uh, because Jordan Poole is going to ha- like, I don't think he's going to play like this series because Steph Curry is going to get back in the starting lineup. And I don't think Clay Thompson is going to take going to the bench that easy. Um, so right now the way they're playing, they seem unstop- unstoppable, especially with Curry coming off the bench. Um, uh, but yeah, I would say they're the favorite in the West right now because of all the injuries and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, Suns haven't been as advertised. There's good reason for that.
3: I mean, yeah, Devin but Booker's been
1: out. Steve Kerr is still sitting on adjustments that he can still make that he hasn't had to yet. Yeah, he tried one thing out and it's worked to perfection so far. Let's yeah. bring Steph Curry off the bench and just let Jordan Poole ride, and that won him three straight games. I mean, he still hasn't. He can still bring Jonathan Kamingo off the bench. Um, Otto Porter could play a, could play a role in a playoff series. I mean, they could decide to get out of their small ball and go back to more of a traditional with Kevon Looney. He's tried one thing. Yeah, <laughs> This is a team that is not only really good. They haven't even shown their hand yet. So, yeah. yeah, I think I do consider the Warriors the favorites right now in the West. Could easily change. The Suns mm-hmm. have beaten them head-to-head, but we didn't see their full roster this entire season until the Nuggets series, essentially, and it's looked spectacular. Mm -hmm. BJ, do you consider the Warriors the favorites in the West now?
2: Um, With the Devin Booker injury, I do. Um, I think they might be the most experienced team left in the field as far as deep playoff runs are concerned. Absolutely. Um, And like we said, like Steve Kerr legit has so much left up his sleeve. Like, I'm guaranteeing you now – Iguodala won't play much the first two rounds but you can bet during the conference finals if they get there in the finals Iguodala will be out on the floor a majority of the time 30, so- 30 minutes a night exactly um Gary Payton the second the mitten I think he still has not used him fully so I just think like they're the deepest team like we said even before Clay came back and now they have depth and they still have adjustments they can make so I think they definitely have to be the favorites, at least with the yeah. Devin Booker injury still looming.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everything can change. But right now, as they're looking right now, they're definitely the favorites. They have the most experience and the deepest roster.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even close because there's no teams that have had the type of experience that the, the Warriors had. Not the Suns. Not, definitely not the Pelicans. Nobody in the Mavs series. Nobody in the – uh, I always forget the other series. Oh, the Timberwolves series. So, yeah. They have a very big advantage right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, talking about the what we presume it's been leaked that he's the MVP. We don't know for sure yet. Jokic. I didn't even see it. I saw a leak that said Nicole Jokic was the MVP. Uh. I think he's probably the odds-on favorite at this point. Mm-hmm. But I've seen... A lot of criticism. I've seen people impressed with Jokic's performance in this series. BJ, have you been impressed with Nikola Jokic in this series or no?
2: Uh, this probably going to be unfair, but I necessarily haven't been impressed with Jokic this series. Um, he's had 37 back-to-back games, but in that game three, I believe he had a crucial turnover to Aaron Gordon on the pass, and he let Draymond strip him. And games one and two against the Warriors, like, I think Draymond really was in Jokic's head. So, I mean, I think he's done all he could, but clearly, and if this, if what you're saying is true, your MVP, you can't, to me, I've been saying it for a while now, you can't get swept back-to-back years in the second round and then to lose in the first round. So, to me, I mean, it's not fair, but I haven't been all that impressed with Jokic, Um just because it hasn't seemed to amount to much for what he's doing.
1: Dejan, have you been impressed with Jokic?
3: Um, I'm going to take the opposite uh, angle. I think I have kind of been impressed with uh, how he's been playing. I know he he hasn't been, like, per, like his, win, his stats haven't turned into wins yet, uh, but I think that's mostly due because of his team. I don't think he has any supporting cast at all on, in this series. I think it's just him and then 10 points from Bones, 10 points from Will Barton, and here and there, every other game. Uh, I think it's it would be a whole different series if he had those two players that are missing, that we all know that are missing. Uh, but he's still been putting up numbers. And, uh, I mean, the regular season is one thing. Playoffs is a different thing. So, I don't know. I just – I have been impressed for what he's done by himself so far. And, uh, granted – the vj was 100 right draymond got in his head those first two games it was like it was it was he was playing mind games with him and it was it wasn't even close and it got you can see he got frustrated got ejected the second game i think Uh, Mm um so what the the rest of his game i've been really impressed with i I have to say for what he's had for what he has on his team
1: yeah, I agree with both of you, and I thought this was going to be something to watch going into this series, but the numbers have been spectacular. He's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's played as advertised, but now this is the second year in a row where the second playoff series in a row going back to last year against the Suns where Jokic's emotions have hurt his team. One of the worst kept secrets in the NBA is that Jokic cannot control his temper sometimes, that he takes stupid fouls, he gets ejected, because he gets angry and he can't control himself sometimes. And that's going to be the next step in his game. He can't, in in a playoff series, you can't let that happen. I get shoving uh, Morris in the back, you know, regular season, dirty play shouldn't have happened. Um, You know, you get suspended for one regular season game. Doesn't hurt your team that much, but this is the playoffs. You got to keep yourself on the floor by any means necessary. You cannot afford to be ejected. And Draymond Green knows this. He's a master manipulator. He says all kinds of stuff that isn't even true, just to get in your head. Mm-hmm. He will flex after routine mm-hmm. shots. He'll piss you off. He pisses me off. He should piss everybody off. He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. You have to be able to recognize that and keep your cool. I think it's also. Your our, team.
3: I think it's also a combination of that that gets, makes him frustrating, and the fact that he's been playing really good, but he has nobody. I just think, like, he gets frustrated. Like, losing just takes a toll on you after a while. You know, you playing with your second-best player is Aaron Gordon. I don't think you're going to go far. You know, that's just my opinion, though.
1: Sure. I mean, playing the Warriors without help is probably incredibly frustrating.
3: Yeah. I'm surprised they even took one from them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're just watching Jordan Poole drain shot after shot from afar, and you can't really do anything about it. Like (laughs) – It's probably incredibly frustrating. Draymond is grabbing you on every single play. I get it. But you got to stay in the game. You can't hurt your team the way you have. Mm -hmm. So that's just the truth of it. Nuggets managed to take a game. Any chance the Nuggets can extend or win this series, Dion?
3: No. No shot. Definitely not. I mean, Jokic Jokic has given everything he could, and that was it. That game that they won, that was it. They're probably going to get blown out the next game.
1: Yeah, if the Nuggets manage to forge Game 6, they should get a parade in Denver Yeah, um, upon returning home. That would be a monumental accomplishment Mm -hmm. for this team. So, no, the Nuggets have no chance. And, no, they will not extend. BJ?
2: Yeah, I'm with (laughs) y'all. Because they barely won that game yesterday. Like, the Warriors still could have won it. And it took another 37-point game from Yogi. So, I think the Warriors get it done at home Game 5.
1: Let's move on to our final series, the Dion Franklin, Franklin Memorial Bowl. You know, uh, it. Mavericks versus the Jazz playing right now as we speak. Bring it. Um, Dion, are you surprised this series is tied?
3: No. Actually, yeah, I am a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not, for the, not for, the, for the reasons that I thought, because I didn't think we were going to win uh, game three. And I thought it was gonna be the opposite. We win Game Three, and they game, and no, they win Game Three, and we win Game Four when Luca comes back. Because I didn't, think, I did not expect Jalen Bronson to go out like the way he has. I don't think anybody, to be honest. He he is a solid player, but not a forty-point player. I've never seen that from him before. Uh, but I am extremely excited for the positions that we're in right now, and I'm ever more
2: confident that we're gonna win this series.
1: DJ, are you surprised this series is tied?
2: Um, I am, and kind of for reverse reasons. I actually feel like the map should be up three one.
0: Actually, like, I yeah, think they have,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely they play that well. And I feel like even in game one, I mean, to be honest, they damn near could have been done with this in four games because they've been yeah. right there with every opportunity. And I don't know what it is the the Jazz. I mean, it's no it's no secret that you play five out versus the Jazz. You pull Rudy from the paint, he gets exposed. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley aren't interested in guarding anybody. So I think the Mavs have been toying with them. Um, and I think they easily could be up 3-1. I, I, the Jazz got a lucky alley to even have a game. So yeah. it could be two. So,
3: yeah, exactly. That's absolutely yeah.
1: fair, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised it's tied. Um, you hear Luka's going to miss three games. Okay, Jazz are either up 2-1 or 3-0. They're not. Luke is back with the Mavs up th- 2-1? Okay, it's about to be 3-1. It's not.
0: Yeah. This, hey, what? this, this <laughs> I is messing with my mind. Up is yeah. down,
1: left is right. I don't know what to think. The series is wild. If the Jazz somehow come back to win this series after Luca comes back, I will be mind blown. I don't yes. know what to think. That would make no sense to me. I don't know what yeah. to make of this series, but so, yeah, I'm very surprised. I will time. be missing
3: from the podcast for a month if we lose the series.
1: <laughs> Dion will take a leap of absence. Yeah, never <laughs> I'll take series. a leap here. <laughs> we'll see him in 2022, yeah. 2023. Um, Next playoffs. What worked, VJ? What worked for the Jazz in game four? And how did the Mavericks adjust?
2: I mean, I, honestly, I don't think anything went, <laughs> nothing went completely different. <laughs> Literally, I just think that because the, the Mavs had a chance to win the game, I think the Jazz made one more play. That was yeah. it. Like, I think they got lucky. I don't think there was anything the Mavs did differently, nothing the Jazz did differently. It it came down to one. Basically, whoever had the ball last, I feel like in that game was going to win it. And I think what went well for the Jazz, if you had to pick something, is they just made more shots. Other than that, though, clearly they're still not interested in playing defense, besides Rudy Gobert, at least. So, if I had to pinpoint one thing, it was just that like they made more shots in the maps the other night.
1: Yeah, I think in game four, I mean, we've been waiting, what, all season? I think pick and roll with um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert finally had an effect. It was far from dominant, but it looked like it could actually work, and they didn't. They put their hate aside and long enough to have an effective pick and roll for one game, and the Jazz just shot well um, mm-hmm. passing out of that. And so they need to do a lot more than that. They have to have a pick and roll. Rudy has to have some kind of effect on offense. He has to do something. And so far, before game four, he had done next to nothing. So that needs to continue. Mavericks adjust by just continuing to close out on shots. I don't think the Jazz are going to continue to shoot that well. So
3: Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean – that game literally, like I, I couldn't agree more with what VJ said. Is who get, got the ball last, uh, who makes the more shots. I, I mean, we could have won the game if to, to, the next shot was Spencer Dinwiddie and he missed by like a half an inch. That would have been game, and we would have been up three one. Exactly, and it, it will be, and it will be ending tonight. Uh, but I don't think we have to. We have to make any adjustments because we've been playing great, uh, both with or without Luca. Luca came back like. Nothing happened. 30 points, 11 assists. Uh, the Jazz need to make the, the adjustments. That That's just it. They just got to hit their shots. And like you said, TC, that pick and roll needs to start working. But we all know that Donovan Mitchell doesn't like to pass it to him. I was I was shocked <laughs> that we lost because of that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, right.
3: That was, that was kind of bullshit.
1: And <laughs> <So laughs> then, same as the other series, let's predict what happens the rest of the series of – who wins how many games and why. And honestly, I feel like I should abstain nothing that I thought was going to happen in this series has happened yet. And so I have no clue. I guess I'll venture a guess for the sake of the podcast, Um, but you could roll a dice in my mind of this series (laughs) has been completely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to think the Mavericks have been the most consistent team so far so I gotta think the Mavericks defense will win out um, yes the Jazz as a team can get hot and hit a lot of shots and so I think it goes 7 but I think the Mavericks have to win 2 of the next 3 with Luka back they're yeah. just too dangerous from the perimeter of between Dinwiddie, Luka and uh, Jalen Brunson that's a lot of shooting that's a lot of passing, that's a lot of dribble penetration that's, and the Jazz don't guard well anyway and so yes. I got to think the Mavericks, that that trio will take over. Yeah,
3: it's yeah, it's hard, just, it's uh, it's hard for me to see Bogdanovich stay hot as as hot as he has been this whole series for the the next three games. Uh, I didn't expect it for the first four, um, but I think we take this game tonight, and maybe possibly the next one too. Um, I, that's my dream, but I think it's probably going to end in seven, to be honest. We finish on the, our
2: home court.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, two of those games at home for the Mavs, yeah. too, so that's a yeah. difference. VJ take us home. Yeah,
2: I think Mavs get it done in seven games. Um, I want to say six, but I yeah, think we will make a stand at home. Um, Mavs had – I think Mavs had the number two defense behind the Celtics uh, in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And clearly, uh, they've shown they can score on the Jazz defense as well. So, I think the Mavs get it done. And I think Luka has a huge game, one of these next two. Yeah.
1: We have more breaking news. (laughs) The Raptors have forced game six. This is crazy. Beating the Sixers by 15. I'm so pissed off. But – are, are we worried? Should the Sixers be worried? Um, here's why.
2: Tonight.
1: Here's why you're wrong.
2: It's not breaking news. Doc Rivers <laughs> has come back. Doc yep. Rivers is at it again. Yep. With another lead, <laughs> bought to blow it, bro.
3: Another choke fest. I
2: mean, James no hard shot, right? <laughs> bro, I came. I want to say that. I want to say that. What the Clippers do in 2020, blow a three-one lead. <laughs> what did Doc do last year? Blow a lead. What did he do in 2015? Blow a three-one lead. What are well, you talking with the Magic? about? Three-zero Yeah, this 3-0 is like D-B? this is this is but
3: historical.
2: If, if anyone can do it, it is Glenn Doc Rivers. I was Doc just Rivers. about to say.
1: <laughs> if, I was just about to say. No, the Sixers shouldn't be worried. But this is never a
2: final team. form.
1: If there was ever a team that were to blow a 3-0 lead this is that team this is Bro, that you got team.
2: everything. 100%. You, you got James
1: harden you got Embiid,
2: and you got doc you have sugar spice everything you nice to need to blow a 3-0 lead you got yep. everything you need
3: yep everything yeah, I mean and more yeah, if there if everything ever and more a team,
1: if there was ever a team to blow a 3-0 lead it's this team.
2: Absolutely. Serious right now,
3: bro? Like, like they have to go, go look back at,
1: to Toronto. That is bro. wild. It
3: wasn't even like a close game, bro. They lost by 15. That's yeah, embarrassing. Like, that's, embarrassing. Like, that's a, Without Fred Van Vleet, this is just like, bro, I don't
2: understand, bro. I really My don't. guy, let's go. Sorry. Precious Achua outscored the whole Philly bench. 17 right. points, bro. Precious Achua? Precious, precious. Achua.
3: Bro, my boy never scored more than ten points like the whole what season. What
2: is <laughs> James Harden four for eleven, Oof. two for six from three, 15 points, seven seven assists, two rebounds.
1: What? And you want
2: two hundred million dollars? No. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> no. Five turnovers.
1: I mean, no. you guys can tell me if I'm crazy. With them going back to Toronto, this series is going seven.
3: I don't know. They, they. I don't. I don't think so. I think they're gonna. I hope that they're gonna. They're gonna like get their shit together. I, I hope.
2: My
1: shot. I'm calling
3: a
2: shot. It's going seven.
3: I think it ends in six.
2: I, I have no. I have no clue because the Sixers are capable of wetting the bed, like they did tonight. Yeah. And the Raptors, without Van Vliet, to do that, bro. You know Toronto is gonna be booming.
3: Yeah. Booming in Game
2: Six. Absolutely. Drake is pulling out all the stops. <laughs>
3: yeah. Drake, Drake Drake is bringing in all the OVO crew <laughs> from row. He's, He's suiting up. Well. <laughs>
2: 88 Put on a Van Vliet jersey. Like they do look alike, so, you know. Yeah.
1: Love to see it, honestly.
2: Love yeah. to see it.
1: All right, we're out of time. We don't have time for an out-of-bounds today. But shout out to our guy, Kendrick, hitting us up with his response to, would you rather be in a coma for 10 years present <laughs> for five? He <laughs> says, he, he disagrees. He says, coma is the better option one you wake up from a coma it's like no time has passed two imagine having the excitement of everyone having you back in their lives again three you're a legit miracle four if you survive a coma you can survive anything five oh yeah it keeps going five you will live life to the fullest because you missed so much time six great icebreaker with anyone (laughs) i mean kendrick (laughs) you're not wrong i can't argue with any of those individual points um I'm still for sure going to prison. Yeah, 100%, so. bro. That <laughs> did not change my mind not one bit. <laughs> but you bring up bro, some say, Send points. me to the can, bro. I mean, you would have to make the rounds, right? Be on, like, daytime TV and stuff. That's so how it's America. my dating
2: profile.
1: I survived yeah. a coma. <laughs> yeah, I survived yeah. coma, y'all. Guess who was in a coma for 10 years? This me. guy. <laughs> how you doing? This guy. I mean, Kendrick, you the man. Appreciate all your support, and you bring up some good points. Yeah, we're out of bounds to come in the future, but during the playoffs, we got to focus on the ball. You know There's no no Bang, extra time hard to listen to this. No, we appreciate you. Damn it, we do. Many One wishes. last shameless plug to follow us on social media at the Podcast. We love hearing from you. Reach yes. out to us, whatever you got to say. And until next time, we will catch you guys.
3: Wish us luck on our finals.
1: Yep. <laughs> the last finals ever. I'm about to choke these finals worse than the next. next let's choke this series. Worse <laughs> than the Sixers about to choke. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. <laughs> bro, the Sixers crack me up, bro. Oh, I of course. Please. Of course, no. they would just want to take a break. Like, clock three to none. <laughs> clock fucking work. No, we don't want to.